Good day. You're listening to Free City Radio. It is Wednesday, the 23rd of March, 2022. I'm your host in Montreal, Stefan Christophe. This is the 102nd edition of the program. And today, uh, in light of events taking place on university campuses around the world, I am going to be featuring an excerpt from an audio documentary, which I recorded in Lebanon uh, within the Palestinian refugee communities. These are communities displaced in both 1948 and 1967 through the Israeli state actions of occupation of historic Palestine. And these are communities that have been affected by uh, the militarization of historic Palestine. It is a series of interviews that I recorded. I'm sharing these interviews uh, within the context of events taking place internationally around Israeli Apartheid Week. This is a series of events that draws attention to human rights abuses being carried out against the Palestinian people within occupied Palestine, but also the more systemic human rights abuses taking place against Palestinian refugee populations around the world. I produced this documentary in collaboration with the electronicintifada.net, and I wanted to share this from the archives this week. رائف أحمد مسؤول في اللجان الشعبية وعضو في اللجنة الشعبية لمخيم برج الشمالي هذا المخيم طبعا اللي بقع قرب مدينة صور في جنوب لبنان My name is Raif Ahmed and I'm a member of the popular committee in Burj al-Shamali refugee camp. This camp is close to the Lebanese city of Sur in southern Lebanon. It was built in 1955, after the expulsion of the Palestinian people from their land in 1948. First, they were expelled to the Baalbek region and then they were displaced to Anjar, then to the camps in Sur, including the Burj al-Shamali camp. This is one of the 12 camps that is recognized by the United Nations officially. We are close to the Lebanese city of Sur, north from Palestine, just 50 to 60 kilometers away. 19,000 people live in the camp, which is 1.3 kilometers square. The UN is present and offers various health and educational services. The PLO is also present in the camp and provides several social services. However, their presence is limited to the decrease in funding directed towards Palestinians living outside of the occupied territories in Palestine after the Oslo Accords. Khawla Khalaf is a community organizer with Beit Atfal Sumud, home of Children of Steadfastness, a Palestinian women's NGO which operates throughout the Palestinian refugee camps of Lebanon. In Burj al-Shamali, Beit Atfal Sumud provides Palestinian youth with health and educational services. My name is Khawla Khalaf. I am working with Beit Atfal Sumud uh, organization in Burj al-Shamali uh, camp. The camp is established on 1956 and the population in the camp about 19,000. The situation in the camp is very difficult. The people in the camp suffer from various problems in education, social and health situations. 
برج الشمالي كان از كونسيدر از بور كامب بيكوز موست اوف ذا وركرز زي ار وركينج ان ذا فيلدز اند از كلينر ان ذا هاوسز اند ان هوسبيتالز برايفت هوسبيتالز ذا وركرز ذا ورك ان ذا فيلدز اتس لايك سيزونال ورك ذا افريج اوف ذا دايز بير مانث اباوت 15 تو 20 دايز اونلي ذا ورك اند ذا سالاري ان ذس ورك از فيري لو بيكوز ذا مان can get only uh, about six uh, US dollars and the woman less than four uh, uh, dollars every day of working and uh, as I told you that uh, they can working only between 15 and 20 days per month. Also, the, the people, they are facing uh, uh, many problems. Education, we have uh, in Burj Shamali only four uh, schools Uh, to elementary, give elementary education and to elementary and intermediate education. And also uh, the number of the, the students, about 2,200 students in, their, uh, in these schools. About 45 or 50 students in uh, each class. And this is a very uh, big number. And the situation, really, the education is very hard. And the lessons, it's very hard for the students and every year many students drop out the schools uh, for our we start to help the students and we make like remedial classes for first and second and third elementary classes because we think that if we support the children in the in the basic classes then they can continue their education Mahmoud Juma is the director of Betafala Samud in Borjashmali refugee camp. I am Mahmoud Juma. I am living in this camp since long time. And uh, I am from Bet Atfal Samud Institution. I am the manager of the center in Borjashmali for this institution. And uh, uh, this camp, Borjashmali, It's a camp located three kilometers in the east of Sur, and the population of this camp, there are around 19,000 Palestinian registered. This camp has a square area, it's about 1.2 kilometers square. The land of this camp was rented by the United Nations Al-Unarwa since 1955. They rented the land from the Lebanese government. Most of the families, they are living uh, in very, very bad condition. They are working in the daily job and collecting the lemon and the banana outside the camp. About 70% of the uh, population of the camp, they are working in this field uh, from both gender females and males. They are working in this uh, kind of uh, job. This camp was constructed in 1955 after the resolution of the Lebanese government when they decided to push the refugees from the borders of Palestine. When they fled outside from Palestine since 1948, They stay a few years close to the borders. Then the Lebanese government they decided to push them inside Lebanon around the different uh, towns and different places in Lebanon. One of them is Burj Shamali.
how they constructed this camp. Before the land and the camp, they are filled with some plants and rocks and the refugees, they start to clean these things and the UNRWA United Nations, they give them first the tents to live in it. And also the schools in that date, they are from tents also. And step by step, because the families, they are facing the hard weather in winter, when the weather was raining and around these tents, most of the families, they fled by the water inside the, the tents. So they decided, the families, to change the situation. And they started to build the walls of the shelters by the zinc and then the roof they put the zinc over these shelters. And the Lebanese government also, they refused the Palestinian refugees to put the cement over the ceiling, to make ceiling, because they think if they are refugees, they put cement so they will be a citizen. So all the families, they still suffering from the zinc. I remember that when I am a child in that date, how the families, they are suffering from this condition. Really, the life in that date is very hard and very difficult. And about the job, because in that date, in 1955 until 1960, the bourgeoisie inside Lebanon, they used the Palestinian to work for long hours in their fields. The workers, they went to the fields at the four o'clock in the morning until four o'clock at the afternoon. And the salary for the men in the beginning, it's one lira and half for the men. And for the woman, it's less than lira in, in that date. In that date, the dollar, it's equal about two lira. So really, the Palestinians, they are suffering from very, very hard condition. Only they are working in this hard job in collecting or uh, digging the ground uh, in these gardens or collecting the rocks or to make the asphalt in the streets. It's the hard job with respect to the Palestinians. Really, they are suffering. But maybe the important thing in this, the relation or the social relation between the Palestinian, they are very good in that date between the families. I remember how they are sitting and how they are staying together and how they are close together. If there is one they are suffering from anything, how you find the relatives and the neighbors, they close to him to help and to support and they collect money and they collect what they have to help them they give the hope and the power Bursa Shmali refugee camp like all Palestinian refugee camps in the south of Lebanon experienced the brunt of the 15-year Lebanese civil war and the 1982 Israeli military invasion of Lebanon. 
Burj Ismaili was almost completely destroyed during the Israeli invasion. The majority of the buildings in the camp damaged by Israeli missiles and aerial bombs. Hundreds of thousands of residents of Burj Ismaili lost their lives during the Lebanese civil war and Israeli invasion, a fact that was quickly noted by many of the camp residents in conversations while recording this radio documentary. In 1982, the Israeli military raided the camp with phosphoric bombs, hitting several shelters for youth and children. One shelter that was destroyed was the Holy Kindergarten, in which over 90 people died. Today, this incident is known as the Holy Massacre, one of lesser-known massacres of Palestinians during the Civil War, unlike the September 1982 Sabra and Shatila massacre in which over 2,500 people lost their lives. In the middle of Burj al-Shamali, camp residents have constructed a monument to honor the victims of the 1982 Holy Massacre, the names of those who perished carved into stone on the monument. In certain cases, all children within families perished during the massacre. Raif Ahmad, a member of the popular committee of Burj al-Shamali, speaks about the bombing of the camp during the Israeli invasion and the massacre of al-Houli. طبعا هذا المخيم تعرض لعدد من المراحل اللي تهجر فيها السكان اثر الحروب والاعتداءات الاسرائيليه اللي تعرض لها هذا المخيم فتعرض للعديد من الاعتداءات الجويه والبريه والبحريه الاسرائيليه فتهجر سكانه سنه 78 اثر الاجتياح الاسرائيلي لجنوب لبنان this refugee camp has experienced a great deal during the civil war and the Israeli invasion, starting in the early 1970s. After the PLO entered Lebanon, our camp was exposed to many airstrikes from the Israeli military. People began fleeing the camp in the 1970s and massively during the Israeli invasion of Lebanon in 1982. The camps also experienced a brutal massacres. In 1982, when Israeli warplanes raided the camp with phosphoric bombs, Several shelters, which house refugees, mainly women, children, and the elderly who were taking refuge. A kindergarten was bombed, called Al-Khuli, and over a hundred people were burned to death. Only one or two people survived and remain living proof of the Israeli war crime committed in our camp. On another occasion, in 1982, Israeli war plans raided another kindergarten called Al Najdi Kindergarten, which also had become a shelter for civilians. Also, other shelters were bombed in June 1982. This period was the most severe attack that the camp ever experienced. During this period, the camp was exposed to almost complete destruction, as it was estimated that over 90% of the buildings were destroyed, according to UN statistics collected after the Israeli invasion. Hawla Halaf, a community organizer with Betafala Samud, speaks about the El Khuli massacre. In 1982, during the uh, Israeli invasion to Lebanon, uh, uh, it was a big massacre in that time. In uh, 7 of June, uh, 
تسمى ساكر ان الحوله الحوله بليس ات واز سنتر فور كيندر جاردن كلب فور يوث اند شيلتر داون ذا اسرائيلي ذا بلين ميك وان ريد تو ذا شيلتر اند اباوت 92 Uh, people killed in uh, in that place, and now uh, it's a memorial in that place to say that this is uh, a shelter and this is a massacre in Burjish Shamali and uh, the people who are responsible about this place write the, all the names of the people who passed in that time. Also, there is the three places in the camp like a caves, also destroyed in uh, in '82. One in uh, in Najdi Kindergarten, uh, one in the end of the camp, and one in the top of the camp. About three caves and one shelter. All about one one hundred thirty people killed and many missed, and uh, most of the shelters destroyed in 1982. As Palestinian refugees in Lebanon are prohibited from working in numerous professions and historically have been barred, according to Lebanese law, from working in over 70 professions, unemployment and poverty is a pressing reality facing the residents of the camp. The majority of the camp is unemployed and families are living on literally dollars a day. Due to this economic situation, many of the camp's residents have been forced to attempt to flee Lebanon to seek asylum in Western European countries and in North America. Mahmoud Juma, the director of Betafala Samoud in Borja Shmali, comments on the deplorable economic situation facing the majority of residents in the camp. Now, 70% of the families, they are working daily job without any kind of security. The income of the men, they get 6.5 US dollar daily. That means if you find the chance to find a job monthly, you couldn't have more than 20 or 22 days or 18 days. It depends upon the situation. So the income of the family, it's less than 200 US dollar monthly. This is really the economic situation is very hard because this at least it is not enough for the food of the family. So you find many kind of diseases inside the camp, like the anemia or thalassemia, they coming from this condition, from this condition. Khawla Khalaf speaks about the economic crisis facing the majority of Palestinians in Burj al-Shamali. We have a difficult uh, situation, economic situation, because uh, the Lebanese government don't allow for us to work in, uh, in many uh, works, uh, many shops in Lebanon, because that we have uh, suffering. And also we, we live inside camps, and our houses and shelters is very small and uh, suffer from bad situation, and it's not okay to live inside it, because uh, also this they have many, many disease every year. For the economic, uh, many of uh, people who has uh, professions, they can't work. You can find uh, engineer is working as a driver. 
sometimes you find a doctor uh, work in a private hospital with 200 US dollars per month. It's very uh, difficult. Many families within Burjish Mali face extreme poverty, as thousands of camp residents are essentially homeless, residing in makeshift shelters with zinc roofing, without basic plumbing, water supply, and little income. Mahmoud Jama'a from Beit Atfal al-Sumud explains. And now, in this camp, we have 350 shelters. Really, they are under zinc houses. And these families, they are suffering in winter and in summer. In winter, they put over the zinc a plastic to cover from raining because there is many, many holes between these zinc and raining. All the water, they go inside the, the home. And this makes the health of the families, they are really very difficult. And in summer, they reach 50 degree under the zinc houses. And this is unfair, unfair until this moment, how the families, they are suffering. Within the context of historical political changes facing Lebanon today, Palestinian refugees are questioning their future. Lebanon's political landscape has been a subject of international debate since the February 2005 assassination of the former Prime Minister of Lebanon, the April 2005 withdrawal of over 15,000 Syrian troops from the country, and the ongoing negotiations regarding UN Resolution 1559, which demands that all political groups that are operating within Lebanon that are armed, disarm including many Palestinian political groups within the camps, such as the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine, PFLP, the Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine, DFLP, as well as Fatah. Khawla Khalaf from Beit Atfal al-Sumud speaks about the perspective of residents of Burj al-Shamali about the current political changes taking place in Lebanon. The future is not clear for all of us. Uh, we heard some, uh, something from Abu Mazen, something from uh, Lebanese government, something from uh, uh, America administration. And uh, the future is not clear for all of us. And they, uh, most of them, they don't know what are happening and what are they cooking for the Palestinian. Are they uh, thinking to give them a new nationality or to give uh, a Lebanese nationality? For whom will give the nationality? And really, it's very difficult for the Palestinian to go now out uh, of, uh, of Lebanon, to go to Canada or to European countries as a refugees. Uh, it's like a new Nakba for the Palestinian. Uh, not because we are leaving Lebanon, no, because we will still uh, as a refugees in many, many countries. Because that, I think, uh, it will be like a new Nakbe for the refugees in Lebanon. The right of return for Palestinian refugees displaced in 1948 through the creation of the State of Israel continues to be a central political demand for camp residents. For over 58 years, Palestinians have remained the single largest refugee population in the world, according to the United Nations. 
Hawla Halaf speaks on the right of return's relationship to the Palestinian refugee identity and political struggle in Lebanon. Until now, uh, I can say that Palestine is still alive inside many, many peoples, especially who are in Lebanon, Palestinians who are living in, uh, in Lebanon. And in Burj Shamali, because we uh, are close to Palestine and we are suffering from many things, we're still thinking about the right of returns. And really, if you ask any, any child can say, no, I, I would like to back to my country, to my village to live there, not to, uh, to take any nationality or to still live uh, in the camps, it's like uh, prisons. Really, it's like uh, the prisons. If you pass uh, through the checkpoints, you can see that we are like uh, in the prisons. This has been the 102nd edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host, Stefan Christoph in Montreal. I wanted to feature an excerpt of this documentary I worked on on Palestinian refugees in Lebanon in light of the events taking place around campuses globally for Israeli Apartheid Week 2022. Um, thank you to electronicintifada.net for the support when I worked on this in Lebanon. I'm Stefan Christoph. This is Free City Radio. We share a new edition uh, every Wednesday. This is the 102nd edition. We broadcast on CKUT at 11 a.m. at 90.3 FM in Montreal and on Tuesdays uh, starting in April on CJLO. 16:90 a.m. and also now uh, on CKUW in Winnipeg, uh, Treaty One territory of the Métis people, uh, broadcasting on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Thank you so much for being with us. And uh, if you'd like to reach me, I'm at stefan.christoff at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. And I will go out uh, with uh, an excerpt of a recording that I was able to register in Beirut. Uh, this is Marcel Khalife playing the Oud. Uh, I'll talk to you next week and take care.